Hello out there, ladies. It's Rochelle with another episode of Unabashed You, where we as women get to talk about stuff. Unabashed You is women talking about stuff. It's a place where we can be uniquely ourselves without apology. We want to be wise, to know our worth, and to enjoy whimsy. We covered two big topics in this episode with Bren. One, her realized aspirations of becoming a licensed architect and how challenging it was. She didn't complain, she just plain did it. Lots of hard work and all worth it, as you will hear. Second, she shares with us about her recent miscarriage and the inspiration that came from the loss. It's all hopeful because she desires to make good out of it, and she will because that's who she is. She perseveres in the best way possible. I've known Bran a long time. She is creative, ambitious, and one of the kindest people I know. She has worked hard to get where she is today at the age of 30. I am proud of the person she is. Like so many of us, she juggles a lot. And so far, she's doing it well and making it look easier than no doubt it actually is. We will be talking more about that. Welcome, Bren. Well, thank you. That was beautiful. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. Bren, we're going to end this first section. As we talked about, we're going to get to know you a little bit better. And of course, I have to use whimsy to do that because that's just me. Sure. Three words you would use to describe yourself. Um, you know, I'm not very good with words. Is, is there a word for... Being someone who perseveres. <laughs> tenacious. Okay. Yes. Maybe. Yes. Tenacious. That's fabulous. Um, confident. Yes. And optimistic. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So good. See, you did it. You did it. You came, up, you came up with three, and I think they do describe you. And, of course, we could, you know, throw out 30 more, but we'll stick with the three for now. This is going to be a fun one. I cannot wait for your answer. Your favorite TV couple of all time. Ooh. Isn't that a good question? Yeah, because there's a couple that instantly come in mind, but not because I would want anything like what they have. Well, let's hear both of them. <laughs> so there's obviously Carrie and Big from Sex and the City. Okay. Very toxic, very <laughs> terrible relationship. <laughs> I would want nothing like it, but just a very uh, a classic that I've always loved. So you just, you like their love story, the off, the on, the off, the on, the whole chase, he's available. Yeah, but not in any way that I would want anything remotely like that for myself. Okay, you just (laughs) enjoyed watching it. Yeah. And then, of course, there's Ross and Rachel from Friends. Again, kind of a toxic relationship. I wouldn't want anything like it. 
Yeah, I have to say their relationship was a little harder for me to buy. Yeah. uh, You know, but I, you know, I get it. I get it. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Both are not really ones that I would strive for, but I think usually um, TV couples are are usually a little tumultuous, so. Yeah. Well, that's what what makes it interesting. And both those couples that you described have that on-again, off-again storyline. Which they kind of all do, because even, like, The Notebook, that's a beautiful, beautiful story, but their relationship is toxic, too, and they have on-again, off-again, too. So oh, I don't even know The Notebook. Oh, that's the, the Alzheimer's mom, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't remember the first part of that movie, only the last part. Okay, that might be one to revisit. Oh, it's a beautiful story, but... Yes. Yeah. All right, such interesting answers. I figured you might go with a... I don't Did anybody even end up together on Game of Thrones as a couple? I figured you might, you know... Oh, well, you know, in real life, Jon Snow and Egret are pregnant with a baby. Okay. They just came out. And so in real life, yeah, I mean, they're pretty good. Okay. Couple. And they, but she got, she got, not spoiler alert, because I didn't even watch it, but she got killed at some point, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but, okay, all right. But in real life, they're still... They're still a couple. Oh. Yeah, they're pretty cute. That's fun. Oh, yeah. I like hearing that. That's good. All right, Bren, who would you want to be stuck with overnight in a Target store? You're not going to get in any trouble... You're just going to kind of get to cruise around the store, try stuff on, look at the home goods, you know, just uh, make a time of it. Who, who do you want to be stuck with? You, you, you can know this person, not know this person. It doesn't matter. There are no wrong answers here. Um, I would say probably my girlfriend, Maddie, because <laughs> it would just be a good girls' night, I think. Okay. That's, that's... And she picked me up. She picked me up cute outfits. That's a good one. That's a good one. I could see that. I could see you two having fun in a Target store together. Yeah. Our next one is two truths and a lie. So you're going to say three things about yourself. One of them is going to not be true. And, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be super simple or you can go deeper, whatever you want. And then I, I need to guess the lie. Or I get to guess the lie. Okay. Um... I have been skydiving. Um, I was a vegetarian at one point, and I hate seafood. <laughs> I feel like you know me too well. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Well, I I do happen to know you've been skydiving, mm-hmm. vegetarian at one time, and what was that last one? I don't like seafood. You don't like seafood. Um, gosh, you know what's so weird is that I feel like all of them are... Wait a minute. The last one was you like seafood? I do not like oh, seafood. you do not like seafood. <laughs> okay, I feel like that's the lie. Yes. Okay, I feel like that's the lie because I'm like, hmm, I think she's ordered shrimp tacos before. Yeah. Okay, and your vegetarian phase, I sort of had forgotten about that. How long did that last and why did you do it? I kind of forgot about that too. Um, I was raised a big meat eater and then went to college and went to school up in Chico State, which um, 
I started hanging out with a lot of hippies, and (laughs) (laughs) that was my wonderful hippie stage, which I loved. Uh, But then I started dating my now husband, and he was raised vegetarian, so he didn't eat much meat. And um, that just, it was interesting, so we decided go, he was eating meat at the time when we met, but then we just decided, why not try it? And um, I think it was like eight months I was a vegetarian, and then I went back. I remember coming home to my dad, being, and he was like, what happened to my daughter? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then I moved to Amsterdam to study abroad, and at that time I was eating meat again, but then while I was over there, I decided to switch back to vegetarian. So, um, but then, it, but I don't remember how long it lasted after that. I, I eat meat now. So. Right. Well, and do you remember, so you don't remember exactly when, but why you decided to go back to eating meat once you moved back from Amsterdam? Probably just the love of meat. <laughs> <laughs> Probably just, you know, getting used to eating it again. And, and I wouldn't mind doing a thing where I cut down and eat it like once a week or something, but haven't thought about it. Okay, so you do like meat, so it's it's I not do. okay. All right, okay, that yeah. that helps me understand that whole thing. So you yeah. were well, and also sorry, just real quick, no. back up on that is I did find that I wanted to go vegetarian to be healthier, but I did find while I was vegetarian, I would end up not really eating that much healthier. I was eating a lot more like pastas and cheeses and oh. carbs <laughs> okay. and stuff. So it was like. I could do that, or I could have, like, a chicken salad and be, you know, so. (laughs) Well, that makes a lot of sense, and it's, you know, it is uh, fun or interesting to sort of explore different uh, lifestyles or, you know, not not hugely, but although some people do, you know, move to foreign countries, and that's a completely different thing. You you went for a time, and so you Mm -hmm. tried some things, and that's very typical, I think, of the college years. And the 20s is like, you know, who am I really? Aside from my parents, who am I? Who am Mm -hmm. I? (laughs) That's the question. (laughs) Okay, as women, I really do believe we struggle with worth. How do you counteract some of the mixed messages we receive? Where do you get your worth? That's a hard question because I think it's just a... Well, one of my first, one of my three descriptive words was confidence, and I think there's just maybe a inner confidence that I, you know, and I'm optimistic, so I believe in myself, so (laughs) I have uh, dealt with a lot of, um, in the industry I'm in, it's a man's world, so finding my worth in that industry has been something that I've had to kind of um, be confident and headstrong for. Um, but I don't know. I've, I don't so, know so if I understand what you're saying, you're saying it's it's you've kind of developed it innately through your life experiences and through your self-talk, the things you tell yourself about yourself. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a big one is self-talk and um, exactly like what you say to yourself every single day or when someone's telling you something, how you in your head respond to that. Right, right. That's a good one. 
What is one of the wisest things anyone ever said to you? Now, no doubt throughout your, your years, you've been told a lot of wonderful wise things. And so this isn't like the end all be all. It's just one that comes to mind or maybe two that come to mind. Oh man, yeah, that is a tough one. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it always reminds me, I, I don't know if it was my dad that said it, but growing up, uh, if you got three wishes, always wish for wisdom, because if you have wisdom, then you can, uh, you'll know what the other two wishes will be, because you'll be wise enough to wish it. That is so good. <laughs> That is great. Well, I don't know if that's one of the most wise things, but... But, but it is. I mean, when you think yeah. about it, because there is, there is a lot to be said for wisdom, because wisdom can really help inform you in how you move forward and the choices you make, where maybe your emotions might want to take over and you want to just go with your emotions, like the presidential debates the other night. But... What if you were really wise and you just took a step back and, <clears throat> you know, mm -hmm. took a beat and went forward in a different manner? Mm -hmm. I'm not yeah, going to make this political, but that was just the quick yeah. thing that came to mind. <laughs> I just can't. With, yeah, 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 yeah. Right yeah. Now. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, and with that, I guess, like you're saying, is thinking before you speak. And, and also, I think, uh, uh, taking risks and not being afraid of failing is also very wise because it allows you to go bigger than what you think you can do. Right. It frees you up. Mm -hmm. And we had a, a young lady, uh, a young lady, I sound like I'm 80. We had, a, <laughs> we had a young woman on who spoke about failure and how it's her goal to fail because she, mm -hmm. it just strips everything away and it just... Uh, teaches her so much more about what she can do. It was just just such a, a shift in thinking. I just really love that. Mm -hmm. All right, Brynn, the last fun thing you did. <laughs> uh, I woke up this morning at 6 o'clock, and I went out into our new jacuzzi in the backyard, which we just moved into a new house, and uh, I just soaked and listened to the birds and did a little meditation and it was really amazing. So I would say that's the last thing. I love that. I love that. Self-care is so important. And, you know, fun can be self-care. It doesn't yeah. have to be, you know, going to Disneyland or some big, huge thing. And I think, you know, in these times, obviously, we're relearning simple pleasures. So I think that mm -hmm. that is really a great answer. Okay, so when we had our pre-talk, we discussed, we conversed about some of the different things that you would like to talk about. And, and one, and, and I think this is so interesting, I'm going to start kind of in the middle, that you recently have become a licensed architect in your state. I'm assuming it's a state thing, right? It's not a federal yes. thing. It's a state thing. So... Super big congratulations on Thank that. You. What surprised me though was that you told me that only 30% of those who study architecture and that were women we're talking about go on to become licensed architects. And I, yes, okay, did I, did well, I word that wrong? 
Well, so after we talked, because I remember it was um, there was an article I had read, and and so it's actually um, the missing thirty or missing thirty-two percent. So it's actually thirty percent are missing from the industry. So you heard me right, but I have the information wrong. So there's so I don't know whether that's licensed um, architects, but it's I think it's like yeah, people practicing who women, not people, women who have gone through architecture school, 30% of those do not carry on to do it as a profession, which is still a large amount. That is still a large amount. And after such an investment of, and I don't just mean money, but time, time and everything that one learns um, in architecture school, and isn't it a two-year program? Um, so architecture school, if you go for undergrad, it's a five-year program. And then uh, a master's is, it's a two-year program if you have an undergrad in architecture. If you do not have an undergrad in architecture, just anything really, it's a three-year program. Oh, God. Yeah. So either way, it's five to seven years of, wow. of school. And then once you graduate from school, uh, there's a lot of requirements you have to go through until you can call yourself an architect. There's internship hours, which now they call experience hours. It's almost 4,000 hours of experience hours, and then there's six national exams, and then whatever your state requirements are, which here in California, it's another uh, state exam. So why do you think those women do not go on? What, what is your own sense of that? Well, unfortunately, I think probably a lot of women become mothers, and I, I don't mean that women who are mothers can't go on to architecture, but usually, you know, well, first of all, the woman's the one that carries the baby, but then also she's the one who I think is typically expected to stay at home. And I think once you maybe start doing that, it's harder to get your feet back in it. And I don't know if that's, you know, all those women, but, um, you know, if, if schooling is roughly, let's just say seven years of schooling, so they say, the whole process from initial schooling to licensure is around 10 years. Wow. So if you start school, I mean, it's similar to like kind of doctors. So if you start school at 18 and you hustle through and you are done at 10 years, that's still 28 once you're licensed and you're kind of starting in a, a firm. Well, that's also the time when a lot of women start having kids. So either women are putting off they're licensing because they're having kids or once they're in, maybe they take time off and then they kind of, it's harder to get back in it. And right. of course, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't um, had the direct experience because I am still in it, but I, I do hear I'm part of a woman's group in architecture and um, I see uh, the struggles and, and the discrepancy of equality in the industry too, so. Okay, well, let's get to that in a minute. So, you are also, we'll say, a mom. Yes. And you were pregnant during some of the time that you were in school and, in fact, brought your daughter to your graduation, not from a four-year college, but from your master's program. So, and now you've launched your own business. I want to know how your philosophy on 
like however you want to look at it, juggling it all, keeping you know the plate. I mean, oh, there's so many analogies, but how does that work? How are you doing that? Um, I think I blacked out the last uh, <laughs> six months of school and my daughter's first six months of life. Uh, my teachers were really wonderful. So, so I was in my I was in a three year master's program. Um, I found out I was pregnant in May of my second year, so right before I was going to start my thesis year. And I had already a, I had an idea for my thesis already. I was really excited about it. And you can choose to do a one, uh, like a full year's thesis or like a half year's thesis. So I knew I was pregnant at that time. Didn't No one else did, but I knew that I really wanted to try to get that year thesis so I could be more of an independent study and focus because I knew when school started again in October I was going to be like six months pregnant or something like that so uh, I applied for the full year thesis and uh, I they allowed me to do it which is wonderful and this just gave me a little more flexibility time to work by myself and then I was actually due um, my, my due date was the first week of winter quarter. <laughs> so I was definitely known as the pregnant girl around school. And uh, my, so what was good about having the year thesis is I had the same teacher for that whole year and she was very uh, workable. But I also worked really hard that first, um, like that first two quarters because I knew that I was going to have to be working a little less during that last few minutes, uh, right. last few quarters. So, um, so anyway, so I ended up yeah giving birth the first week. I remember sending my professor's photo of her, <laughs> and uh, I was still working on my thesis. Newborns sleep a lot, so that was helpful to me. I was working on my thesis anytime. Oh, and at the same time, I was actually working too. So I was still oh. working doing design build and um, I was working on a huge project, a huge, the Watsons, the huge uh, mm-hmm. addition and there's a residential remodel. So, um, so I don't know if I should have said that name. That's um, fine. That's fine. Oh. Um, so it was, it was a lot, but I, I kind of did a little bit at a time. And then I remember I received an email from my professor saying, oh, wondering when you, we'll see you back in studio. And I was like, oh, no, I need to get back in there because I've missed it. But Naya was only two weeks old. Oh. So oh. I showed up to studio with Naya. She was two weeks old. And my professor looks at her and goes, she's so little. I'm like, yeah, she's only two weeks. She goes, what are you doing here? <laughs> she's like, I thought she was older. I'm like, no. She's like, OK, we'll go home. Um, but at the same time, I still worked really hard. I did a really good thesis. That thesis ended up winning an award. So right. it, it, I still did work. Um, I didn't slap because of it. But um, in terms of how I've done it all, it's kind of hard to answer because I love being a mom, but I've, I love architecture and designing. And so since I'm passionate about it, it's easier to do it. 
I've also had a lot of help with uh, my daughter, with Naya, so that's really helpful too. So, I don't know. <laughs> so, so you're just figuring that, figuring it out the best you can, get, getting balance as you can, and obviously sometimes things get skewed a little one way or the other because that's how that is. Mm-hmm. And so, um, can you speak into how, when it came time to choose the path you were going to take as, a, as an architect soon to be licensed, how did you decide which direction to go? Direction in terms of job. Oh well, um, I I know I've always wanted to own my own business. Um, I got a minor in entrepreneurship and small business management because I knew that one day I would own a company. And when I was uh, let's see, it was 2015. I applied for a business license, so I kind of started my job while I was also working for the other companies I was working for. It was just kind of a matter of when to go off on my own. And I think having Naya pushed me in that direction because it was easier to take the risk because it wasn't like, oh, I'm fresh out of I'm fresh out of school. I need to go work for a firm. I need to be making a certain amount of money. It was kind of like, well, I'm fresh out of school. I have a five-month-old so I might as well just spend some time now home with her. But at the same time, I could be working on my own company. So it's kind of like allowed me to slowly turn my company into what it is now. So. That was a huge risk and a wonderful risk. <coughs> Sorry. No, that's okay. <coughs> this is a real thing, real time. I'm having some weird tickle in my throat. Okay, I'm not, I haven't turned into a frog. (laughs) Okay, so you, like those words you use to describe yourself, tenacious. You have been that. You have lived that. You have done that. It's more than just a great word to describe yourself. Hey, let me pause a minute. I'm going to pause a minute. I'm going to grab a water. I'm going to say, do you have water? And we're back. I got myself some water and I got rid of that tickle. So we were talking about how those words are not just words to describe you. That's kind of what one thing I love about that exercise is is it's truth. You know, and you are tenacious. So you went ahead and you took a big risk and you opened your own um, architecture firm. Will we call it a firm? Architecture firm? I mean, is that the yeah, correct, so, correct? Yeah, I have, I have only recently been able to call it that before. I've always been a design firm or a design studio. But now that I'm licensed, yes, I can call it an architecture firm, finally. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Yeah. So exciting. And uh, you worked so hard to get there. And I Thank you. really uh, admire that about you. All right, so is there anything else you want to talk about in terms of before we go to our next topic? Oh, I know, we wanted, we've talked, we talked about juggling, and then we talked a little bit about women architects, how there aren't as many as men, and then you have your own firm, so how are you encountering um, the difficulties of being a female when you have your own firm? Um, you know, in the beginning it came down, well, Still now, um, I'm, I, I'm 
confident about it now, but in the beginning, it, I don't know if it was more me worried about it, um, not only being a woman, but also young, because in this industry, usually, you know, a lot of architects are older, or a lot of firm owners that are architects are older, so it really was me getting confident with it. I, I have had uh, a client before say, oh, you know, you're pretty young, I don't know, she was said he was basically interviewing me for her mother's sake and was saying like my mom's pretty traditional and you're pretty young so I don't know and then <laughs> I didn't end up getting that client um, another time and this is these are only times when it's actually been said to me directly I'm sure the thought has come across people's mind but another time uh, I was told for a remodel that was for a man um, not the person that was hiring me, but the person who was, like, recommending me. Oh, well, you know, he might be more apt to hire you if you had a man on your team. Which was pretty shocking to me. Wow. I, his, um, his reasoning was that uh, he, he, the client, might feel more comfortable that a man would understand, like, how to design for a man. So <laughs> that was kind of a, okay, well, I don't know. So, um, But men have been designing for women for years, so yeah. why can't we flip-flop that? Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Um, on the flip side, I recently had someone approach me to speak at a, uh, I guess you would call it like a conference, and one of his things was, that he thinks I would stand out because I'm a woman and because of I'm younger and so he thinks in a good way it will help me stand out against other people as being something like new and fresh to the industry so it's it's interesting because it's like I can't really blend in I guess <laughs> um, <laughs> which right. maybe is good um, yeah I don't know I, I it's I think it's yeah. great. You're you're rising to the challenge, and you're you're moving ahead in only the way that you could. And I, I truly applaud you for that. Thank you. Okay. Okay, we're gonna get on to a little more of a. I don't know. No, that was a serious topic, but it may be a sad topic. Mm -hmm. You have recently suffered a miscarriage. You you have a three-year-old daughter who will be four in a, just a couple months here. And uh, I want to say it's been a couple months now that you suffered a miscarriage. And so obviously that's a very um, completely heartbreaking thing. And it's, it's always unexpected. I mean, it's not like anybody gets pregnant and knows they're pregnant and is expecting are anticipating having a miscarriage so there's so much loss I I can imagine that goes with that and so much mourning and grieving but what you, you took it I should say and not but and you have taken it a step further your grief and you have come up with this very I can't even, and you know what, how much I love words, I can't even come up with the words that I would use to describe your idea. And so I'm going to listen to your idea and maybe I'll have great words for it after you tell us all about it. Because I, I just, it's, it's almost indescribable. 
Well, thank you. Um, it's funny because I'm not very good with words, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll make a good team today then. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it's been a couple months now, and it was a, a hard decision to decide to expand our family because I am so busy, and my husband's really busy, and um, our daughter is a, a force to be reckoned with, so the idea <laughs> of expanding on that is intimidating, uh, but we decided to go for it, and it you know, didn't work out as we had planned with, I've had a lot of people in my life who I know have gone through that and I have never really known what to say or what reaction to give because I hadn't dealt with that. Of course, I know it's, you know, a really hard thing to go through. I just, I never knew um, how to be there for that person. And when I was experiencing it, I also found that A, that's how a lot of people are. A lot of people don't know how to maybe respond to people. Um, B, a lot of people are still really quiet about it. I mean, there's still this wait till your 12 weeks to tell people you're pregnant because then if you have a miscarriage, then you don't have to tell everybody. But what that's kind of perpetuating is the silence of it. Mm. And, um, so there's that, but then there's also, I found that when I was dealing with the physical symptoms, I was having a hard time finding out what to expect and how to recover, what that recovery was going to be like. Um, I, was, I ended up in the ER, and when I was being discharged, I even asked the, the doctor, who was a female, which was nice having a female, I even asked her, she didn't even say it, she's like, okay, you're ready to go, and I even had to say, okay, well, what should I expect in terms of recovery, what should I, you know, expect, blah, 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 and she gave me a very, very basic answer that left me with still as many questions as I had, so I came home, and, um, you know, I, I, obviously was dealing with the emotional side of it, but also the physical, there is a lot of, um, you know, I won't get into it, but there's a lot of physical side effects of this that is also pretty traumatic because those side effects you know are your future, or what was going to be your future baby. So there's a lot going on. Uh, so one night, I think it must have been the one or two nights after that at 3 a.m. I just woke up, I couldn't sleep. And I came up with this idea of a box that, I mean, it would be awesome if you could provide it to like midwives or, or um, birthing centers or somewhere that they could, you know, even just give out these boxes, but or you could purchase them. But essentially it's like a, a, a kit to help you through the first, few days that help you with, you know, like a homeopathic um, pain control remedy, a, you know, some sanitary pads, I mean, some, some uh, maybe essential oil, stuff like that, or stretches, and then also like a card, like a card of what to expect or what different things can happen. And then what I thought would be amazing too is like a card that even said for your partner. So 
if there's someone experiencing this with you, if you're single, maybe it's a family member, but something that you don't have to explain because, like I said in the beginning, it's hard sometimes for people to know what to say to someone in that situation. So if you just had like a card that you could hand them and say, hey, say this, don't say this. <laughs> um, this is how you can help. Just kind of make it easier for the person who's dealing with that. And and then it just, just a, a community too for them to see stories of other women who have gone through it and um, who have dealt with it. And just a way to know you're not alone, you're not broken. One in four women will experience well, a known pregnancy miscarriage. That's the percentage that experience a miscarriage that don't know that they're pregnant is even like way higher. But um, that's a really big percentage. So a toolkit to just um, help you through that first little bit. I think that's great. <clears throat> and so you mentioned resources also, mm -hmm. of, you know, like maybe support groups or, you know, whatever, whatever that looks like that could be helpful to that woman. And um, I, I love you saying you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And that other other people have these stories. And you're right, people do not always know what to say because they're so afraid that they're going to make it worse by saying mm -hmm. something or they're afraid they're going to say the wrong thing or they say the wrong thing and mm -hmm. then what do you do with that because uh, you know I think and I think we're all different too in in what what you know, this is where it might get tricky with the card. The card for the partner, I think, is great. I just, I wonder, I don't know. I feel like well, we need to educate people in general ab mm -hmm. about loss and how to, how to approach that with other people. I, I, I think that there's a real uh, a need for that because, you know, what one person might say to the woman who's experienced the loss, she may find very comforting, but another woman might hear that same thing and be like, oh my gosh, how could you say that to me? <laughs> yeah, know? no, it's so true. I mean, and even um, I think each, like you're saying, like each woman is different. Each woman's experience is different. I mean, well, even my husband was saying, um, he's like, you know, he was super compassionate, but then at one point even saying like, well, isn't this like really normal? Like, and yes, it is. But at the same time, it's uh, it's traumatic to go through. Mm. You know, it's it's it sells, and it depends, of course, at what stage you're at. But it's still like something um, that when you hear that you're pregnant or you get that pregnancy test, a lot goes on in your brain. Like you start thinking of a whole new life. You know, like what's this going to look like for me? What this is going to be my daughter's sibling, all this sort of stuff and planning it out. And then it's just taken away. So, you know, I did recovery, recover emotionally pretty well, I believe. Um, but it's still something that it, it sh shouldn't just be glossed over. And like you're saying, educating people on what to say, because I've, I've never been great with 
knowing what to say when people go through loss. You know, I, I admit that. So even like a, a what to say, what not to say. Um, I also like the idea of a community where it's like what what the experts say first, what real women's stories are. Because oh. There are so many different experiences. That is a great resource right there. Uh, the two different voices, expert voices mm -hmm. and real women voices. And and maybe a variety of what real women want to hear or mm -hmm. or what they didn't want to hear. I mean it would it would just it would be interesting. That would be really mm -hmm. interesting. How do you feel what worked for you to recover emotionally? Um well I'm a big believer in what's meant to be will be. Mm -hmm. So to me, um I felt like that baby was not meant to be born and if the pregnancy maybe went further I could have lost the baby later in pregnancy or even after being born or mm -hmm. there must have been an abnormality that you know if if the baby was born then he or she could have suffered you know right a life of of some sort of disability or something so to me but that's just like the way my brain works is I'm a firm believer of it, it. That specific soul was not meant to come into being. Right. So you accept that nature took its course, and um, however traumatic, and believe me, I understand, mm -hmm. but that was nature's way of saying this is not a viable little being as much as we mm -hmm. want it to be. Yeah. Okay, but then of course then, there's the emotional side, which is that is a completely different thing, and that's real, yeah. and that's real. And I'm sure there were. I know you're not a big crier, but I'm sure there were. <laughs> I'm sure there were plenty of tears, and you know, some solitude when you could get some, and contemplation, and whatever else you did. Is there, are there any other tips you can suggest for anybody who might be listening, going through something similar? Well, it's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, as we said, every woman's story is different. So some women may have, may have a miscarriage for their first pregnancy and not have any children. For me, it was my second pregnancy. So I do have my daughter. And so having her, I definitely held on to her tight <laughs> for, for a couple days and just really appreciated her and um, so for me that was really helpful and you know obviously that is can't be done unless you already have a kid but um, for me that definitely was helpful and it just it, it made me know that it, even if it ends up just being less free in the long run then I'm more than happy and you know Oh, that's something that's hard is um, it was already kind of hard to make the decision to, to to go for round two and so I think now it's almost even harder because yeah, yeah it's so it's, it's influenced a little bit your, your, your plans moving forward yeah and we'll, we'll see but I mean I think it was already like okay let's just do it she's gonna be four soon you know we're all getting older <laughs> um, 
might as well just go for it. And then now it's kind of like, well, maybe we should hold off or maybe, yeah, be content with where we're at. But yeah, so it, it has, um, it, uh, it, it is in the back of my mind when we are talking about yeah. that. It's put a pause on that for now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. And that, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Well, I love your idea for a box. I, I, and, and obviously, you, you, you've, you've got this great idea. And um, now we need to find a partner for you to, to I, I imagine, I, I, I mean, maybe you're planning on taking this on also. She's shaking her head. I can't. I can't. I can't, I can't do it. I know. Uh, no, it's so funny because I'm like, I, I so this was maybe like two months ago. I had this idea. I woke up. I, I seriously, I wrote like a whole pitch. Like I already had the commercial lined out for like how I'm going to like give this out to, to not commercial, but like pitch, I guess. You yes. Know? different um, birthing centers and stuff to give them this idea so that they can provide these boxes to these women. I woke up, I sketched out what the box would look like, what would be included, what the logo is, and then I like left it at that because I was just like, I can't take on any more. How am I supposed to ever do this? Um, But I think it was serendipitous because recently this girl I know um, posted on Instagram a very real honest story of she just went through a miscarriage and so I reached out to her and just told her you know my story and told her you know I had had this concept idea of doing this and she was like how can we get this started wow so she's incredible because um, we got on a phone call and she's a nutritionist, a, like a holistic nutritionist. So she's all about um, all sorts of just like healthy living and and whatnot. And she's like, oh, I was at the birth center in Pacific Beach earlier today and I told them all about your idea and they all loved it. Why wanted to have you get involved. <laughs> so I'm like, wow. Okay, let's do it. I don't know what that means. You know, I mean, I, I, I have started run a service-based business. I haven't done it with, like, a product-based business. I don't know what that looks like in terms of, you know, legal entities and all of that. And, and I also, like, you know, I have my primary business, and that's what I want to do. But I do feel strongly, like, this should be out in the world. So... I don't know what that looks like, but I'm really happy to have someone who's excited about it and, you know, wants to see it pushed through, so. Well, I do know two women in in, in that field, and uh, if you want to send me your pitch, mm-hmm. I could forward it to them and see if they have any, like, feedback or ideas or resources to, but you know, to, to move it forward, if I can okay. be helpful in that way. Well, thank you. I'd love to be able to do that. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, of course, I, I didn't start any of this for any monetary reason or anything. I just feel like this this is something I could have really benefited from right. in it. I mean, even when it was first happening, I didn't even know, well, what do I do now? Do I go to the ER? And then I called, um, I called the, like, nurse 
hotline or whatever now and they're like go to the ER within four hours so it was like kind of a panic like, oh my gosh what's going on and so even to have maybe maybe the first step is having this website where you can also provide these boxes but this website that does give you more information like we were saying like these stories or 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 you know what to expect when it first happens although everyone's situation is different just you know and I'm not a doctor so like of course right I'm a doctor, right but, um just to have you know there was WebMD and all sorts of stuff but there's also these there's um maternity boxes there's these uh, postpartum boxes there's postpartum little kits for all this help there's just nothing for the industry of of like this this part of fertility that so many people deal with right i think it's just a missing a missing link that needs spoken for Right, and I just thought of another gal that I know too who's had at least two, if not three, miscarriages, and um, she's a real go getter. So, yes, I would love for you to, if you, if you want to, yeah. send me that info, and I will see if I can assist a little bit in getting traction in terms of, um, you know, uh, other people who might be able to introduce you to other people who might be able to then take it on because I, I, I completely understand what you're saying that you know you had this very difficult experience but you you simply cannot be the one to run with it at this time you have already a lot going on but you'd like to see it out there because out of your need you saw that we could do better Mm-hmm. For other women, yeah, exactly. we could do better, and that's important. Mm-hmm. That's really important. So, um, thank you for that great idea. I'm, I am very sorry for your loss. I, I am. It is a very difficult thing to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want well, to. Thank you. Yeah, you are very welcome. I don't want to <laughs> end on a sad note at all. But if that's real, well, you know, that's yeah. real. There's real real stuff that goes on in life yeah well and another part of me like you were saying of how you how you deal with it um part of me too is like well maybe this is why i had to go through this so that i could understand and be compassionate to the all the women that do go through it and and develop this idea to help them which i could have never thought of (laughs) if i hadn't had that experience because i wouldn't have known what was lacking or what was needed so maybe that too is the reason right and that's something good that came out of it and that that is a beautiful thing to to look for and you're looking for it and that mm-hmm. instead of just wallowing in it you're saying well okay now what, how can i take this into the world in a, in a better way and make a difference which is great mm-hmm. so thank you for that and as i say i would be more than happy to um offer an assist because I did just watch Michael Jordan's The Last (laughs) Dance and so I know you know assist in basketball means you know (laughs) just a little bit of help so and you can't you know you guys can't see us but I'm I'm doing the I'm doing the hand motions of assisting somebody with the basketball so yeah a little assist I think that you know I think it's so great as women to be able to offer the little assist or a big assist, whatever is uh, whatever we can do for each other, 
I, I think is, is great. And that's, that's why we're here. That's why I'm doing this. And I, I'm so honored that you would take this time because I do know you're busy. I do know you have a lot going on. And I know there's an opportunity cost involved in taking an hour out of your work day to do this. But I, and, not but, and I believe that um, what you have to say will, will impact others and encourage others to be more of who they already are. That's kind of my big thing about being unabashed is, you know, be you. Don't, don't apologize for being you. Be you. Mm-hmm. We just, we need to, I believe we need to speak into that more. And I, I think you're, you're doing that, man. You're a woman. Yeah, I'm all about no apologies. Yeah, you're, you're living it. You're doing it. So you're a great example yeah. of that. And that's why it's, it's such an honor and a privilege thank to have you on the show. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. I love you dearly. You too, and thank you for inviting me on here. And I, you know, I was, I do have to say real quick, I was, you know, felt a little apprehensive to even share, share my story about miscarriage because it's not my identity. And I, you know, I know that it's something I experienced, but I, you know, I'm so excited and, and identify so much as, you know, my business and stuff, but I do feel good about talking about it and the whole point of everything that I want to do is normalize it and give yes. a space to feel comfortable about it. So yes. you can be a successful architect and still deal with a miscarriage. Yes. And still get through and yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. I, I love that. I love that, and you're right, normalizing it. And the only way we can do that is by being okay with talking about it and um, being better about being there for each other. And I'm not just talking about women now, I'm talking about men too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how better to support one another with our words and our deeds. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can't see this, but this adorable cat <laughs> just jumped on Brim's lap. This is so darn cute. I'm like, hopefully he's not making any noises. No, which cat is this? This is Jax. Jax, okay. Very cute. That's a perfect way to end on the Jax note. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Okay, well, thank you again. I'm very grateful for your wisdom. And yes, there's wisdom there for sure. Definitely. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yes, and I will, you know, put this all together and then you'll you'll know when it's ready. Okay, awesome. All thank right. you. You're welcome. All right. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye. What I took away from my conversation with Bryn is the renewed desire to seek wisdom, to be aware of the ways we can offer and assist to another, and that goodness really can come from pain. Yes, let's normalize things that are normal by not being afraid and by being willing to talk openly about all the parts of life. Just saying, I'm sorry, is a good start. Even, I don't know what to say. And or just being there, listening or sitting in silence. Whatever you feel they may need, listen to your gut, your instinct, 
your heart. Start there. As always, we appreciate you listeners beyond anything I could really begin to convey and what I feel in my heart, the gratitude for being a part of this conversation that I hope is more of a movement in wanting you to be fully you, whatever and whoever that is. You're welcome to reach out to us through email at unabashedyou at gmail.com. On Facebook, we are at Rochelle Renee. Instagram, unabashedyou. And I am still working on Twitter. And uh, don't forget to check us out on the website if you aren't already getting the podcast from there, unabashedyou.com. We have um, some pictures of the guests uh, along with some quotes and inspiring writing that is like a little mini blog that goes with each one. Lastly, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, and I continue to invite you to rate and review us there to help make us more discoverable so other women can benefit from the wonderful, unabashed women we have on the show. And now for our blessing. Lord, help me be a blessing today. Help me to lessen the load of others. Equip me to encourage and cue me to show compassion. Where I can, help me walk alongside of those who need a friend with a listening ear and a helping hand. Help me to not add to the burden of any person in any way. Allow me to voice words of sympathy, sorrow, and caring. Help me to also speak blessings, compliments, and congratulations wherever I am able. Give me a heart to comfort and not compare, and to serve without strife. Lord, open my eyes to those who feel invisible. Allow me to see those who aren't seen. May I notice those who feel unnoticed. Lead me to love without conditions. Believe the best in others and shine your light to everyone I meet. I pray others see Jesus in me today. Amen. And that was written by Julie Le Febure. I hope I am saying her name correctly. Women, go offer an assist to someone, and above all, be unabashed. Be you.